Stuck in session? What if you're the problem? Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. Hey, welcome back. We're back in studio. I was just joking with that teaser. Uh, I said, what if you're the problem? Uh, We don't think you're the problem. In fact, I want to say thank you so much for your hard work. It means a lot to us. It's not just something that we're saying. I work with a lot of um, therapists around the country who are doing good stuff, but I want to just, as as always, thank you. I think it's incredibly brave to do what you do, especially if you are, are willing to work with couples and they're difficult and you can do almost everything well and it still go really sideways on you. So thank you for taking the risk that you do uh, with your clients. All right. So this is our fifth, I believe, fifth episode in the Stuck series. And uh, in the teaser, I said, uh, you know, something's going wrong. What if it's your fault? I'm kind of joking with that. But there is something to talk about. Um, it's a mistake I've made a lot of times. And we're going to mostly focus on hearing from James here who's kind of developed his material, and this is one of his greatest strengths. So what if what has us being stuck is if um, the self of the therapist, the uh, emotional signals of the therapist are blocked? How is that a problem, James? Oh, it's a huge problem, Ryan, because, you know, if we go back to, I think, episode five on this podcast, Mm y'all, it feels like it's so old to say that. Like when we were little kids on the playground, Mm -hmm. uh, episode five, we talked about the three points of attunement. And, you know, we classically always in EFT talk about the client because they are important. That's who we're focusing on. That's who we're trying to help. Then we talked about for Ryan now, we talked about you also have to be attuned to the process. Like knowing if you're in stage one, you might see sadness. But if that if there's some fear in front of that sadness, you got to privilege the fear because that's what you need to do to de-escalate, to have some more ability to drop into and sit in the sadness. Uh, but if we're in stage two, the focus is going to shift to, you know, we're going to take that sadness, not just at the first level. We're going to push to see if we can get a third, a second level, a third level, maybe even a fifth level to where in a basement of despair, because that's where the process says we've got to deepen that kind of limbic risk to have that kind of limbic revision. So that knowing the process. But what we've got to do a better job about talking is just what Ryan brought up is. But what about attunement to the self of the therapist? You know, I remember hearing, I think it was either you or George talking about not only does attachment live in the bones of our client, but it lives in the bones of the therapist. Mm. And so I like the irony of what you said. It's like maybe the problem's you. And when we're saying with that, it's not that you literally are the problem, but the problem is we lost you mm. as the clinician. You know, we just got off doing a um, SV Live, and um, one of the therapists, I really appreciate her one wisdom and vulnerability to say this from the group. She said, James, part of the problem for me is I've kind of – I've, I've – I struggle to trust my own instincts. Mm. And while we do want her to be able to check that, but let me go. What I told her was the definition I've put kind of Ryan and George's definition of emotion together. And it sounds like this emotion is just information from your body trying to help you put out a signal to get an attuned response. The problem for us as therapists is we need to also remember that her instinct is saying, hey, there's some information here pay attention, something just happened in the room and it's trying to get her attention. 
So as a therapist, I need to learn how to use that information that my body's picking up on and use it as a wise guide because my body, like polyvagal here some, is trying to read the social moment and guide me in my therapeutic action. Um, that's one part of the use of therapists, I think. And then the second part, I'll, actually Ryan helped me with, and I really appreciate it. We were in Memphis getting ready to do a live, and Ryan called me downstairs. <laughs> and uh, I had been struggling that day a little bit. I was in my head and kind of anxious and wordy, and my pace was off. And Ryan, being a good friend, just said, hey, James, you know, kind of what was happening for the day, and I shared this with him. He said, okay, all right, that's okay. He says, you know, tomorrow you got alive, alive. And he just kind of, in Ryan's you know, background in strategic therapy was, I wonder what it would look like if you just showed up as James tomorrow. Like if I saw James, who's just naturally smooth and engaging, I wonder what it would look like if you just did that. Sorry, I got a spoiled end. It didn't happen that day. I was still in my head, if I'm honest. But I remember being in a session and it clicked. And I was like, oh, this was me just being me. I was my own style. I knew little things about my nuance. And that's when I would say EFT really came alive for me. Had, did all the work and the reps of learning EFT very cognitively of the tango and the stages and labeling the interventions. I could code people's tapes, right? Um, that's how I first trained myself was really coding Ryan's tapes, Leanne's tapes, George's tapes, let's sue stuff. Because I was like, can I see the interventions? Can I see the tango moves? But then this next part was, does James know how to, one, listen to the information that he's picking up on in the session? And then use that in his own stylistic way, in his own voice, and his cadence, and his style. Uh, that was a huge thing for me. So I notice I'm stuck when I'm not fully using me. Mm. I get stuck more times than not with the client, not because of the client. If I'm being, this is James at least. I don't know for anybody else. I the part that concerns me most is when I lose me, because I'm the one that's supposed to guide the process. So if I lost me, I'm not even guiding the process now. I'm lost in the woods. Mm. So if I'm lost, like we used to teach this when I worked in the ambulance. I used to be an ambulance driver in the military. And they would tell us if we pulled up to a scene, we had to, to the instructor when we practice, we'd have to pull up and say, scene safe, scene safe. Meaning there's no active shooters, there's no chemicals. Because if you didn't, he to, says, to boom. To the police or who? Uh, to the, like we were medics, we would have to say scene safe to the instructor oh, okay. who was running the scenario. Oh, okay. And he would say, the reason why you have to make sure the scene is safe, because if we lose you, now that I only have you, you're going to be down. They're going to die, and we got to wait 20 minutes or whatever, 15 minutes for another ambulance to come in. Mm. So us as therapists, we've got to recognize you've got to connect with you because you are you are necessary to help your clients. So that's right. my little spill on this. Scene safe, scene safe. All scene right. safe, scene I'll, safe. I'll say that next time I see you walking down the hall here. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. So I, I want to go back. I want to make some okay, – you're, yeah. you're giving me ideas here. It's good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you said the the thing to uh, how did you say that the thing to watch out for is when you lose you. Mm-hmm. What are your clues that that's happening for you? Good question, yeah. Ryan. Um, for me, I don't. It's not alive inside my body. Mm. That's one. Like I don't even feel if they're talking about sadness, and for some reason, like I'm like completely nowhere near it. Mm. That's one. Um, and yeah, even as I'm t- Ryan asked me the question, I immediately touch my chest. Mm-hmm. That's one place I notice it. Um, Another part, and this one I, I actually took from Ryan to uh, another one. That's you know I would also say that too. As you learn EFT, part of the way you learn about yourself as a therapist is you need to have a community around you that helps know you and helps you find you. Mm. But anyway, 
Uh, I remember one time Ryan, I, Ryan uses so many images. I'm like, Ryan, like, how did you learn that? Why is yeah. that so important? Yeah. Which is your own use of you. Because what, right. what was your answer to that, Ryan? That's the way I learned. That's the way I understand my world. And it also holds emotion for me. So mm-hmm. if I can't, if, I, if, an, if an image doesn't come to mind, when when you're sharing something, I don't got it. That's the, that yeah. was a line I remember mm-hmm. verbatim. When he mm-hmm. said that, I'm like, oh, okay, let me think about that. If I, and the way I say it in my mind is, if I have no picture of the, what it's like for the client when they lived in it, or some picture to like make it come alive for me to visualize it, I, I don't. I notice I don't have it. So me, if I don't have an image too, that's another one that tells me um, that I'm not there. Mm. Um, Here's another one. This is one I got definitely. It's uh, if I'm so in my head about another therapist, like I wonder what George would say here. What would Ryan say here? There's one part where there's kind of good because I'm I'm borrowing them as a, as temp- attachment figures, but when I start trying to sound like them, then I've lost James a little bit. If that makes sense. If I find myself just trying to do the George mannerisms or the Sue mannerisms or the Leanne mm-hmm. ones, mm-hmm. then I'm almost like, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost losing me. I can borrow from them, but then I also want to make sure that I come fully into it. And my client's getting a genuine experience of me, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like kind of from talking to you on a couple of points on this, mm-hmm. we're talking about three significant times and this may be the wrong way to organize this. And mm-hmm. then I want to, I got some more questions <laughs> maybe after the break, but you know, it's like your story that you you referenced with with me and Gail Palmer that time. Oh yeah, you know, and and then me talking to you, and I think we were we may or may not have been having a drink at a bar <laughs> in, uh, in Memphis that night. Is you know making sure that that we're really ourselves, yeah. Even the social version of ourselves. That's right. Because that's how we get into attunement with people, or it wouldn't be the social version of ourselves. That's right. I like that. And then and then at times when you're and then that's number one. Number two, at times when you're getting blocked. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is a uniquely hard time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about that one a little bit later. And mm-hmm. then the third one is when something touches them, touching you. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're in those grief spaces, as I feel like going I was going to say "Sweet Caroline" after "Touching Me, Touching You." All sweet right, that's Caroline. where that Caroline. that song started. Some of you All may right, not anyway, know. Sorry, Neil Diamond sang that in this studio. No, that's <laughs> not true. Um, okay, so I'll tell you what. I want to ask you some more questions about that right after the break. How about that? Sounds good to me, Ryan. Do you like the content that you're hearing on this podcast? Well, we invite you to join us on successandvulnerability.com, along with George Fowler and other EFT therapists and supervisors, where you get to get more thorough insight into these concepts and actually get to see it done. Once again, join us on successandvulnerability.com. Yeah, and speaking of success and vulnerability, James quickly mentioned earlier, he just did an SV Live. So that's... uh... On Success and Vulnerability, we do a monthly live mm-hmm. where you're live with one of us, of the team members, for two hours. And uh, James was on there today, did a, a, a magnificent job as usual. So uh, jumping back in with you here, you talked about, if I got this right, the two of the main things that let you know when we've lost you mm-hmm. or you've lost you. I mm-hmm. guess not, it's more than that, though. The whole process has lost you. That's right. Yeah. Is one is you don't feel it in your body, mm-hmm. or two, no image is coming forward. Right. Is that the main two? Yep. Okay. That's the main two for me. So what sets that up? Mm. W- what's going on just before that that creates that? Man, Ryan, if I'm yeah, that's a good question. So one, the, the immediate one when you asked that question was, is could James be drowning in his own personal life? Oh, okay. And I'm distracted. That's one. 
<laughs> gosh, this is this is a this feels like a vulnerable moment. This oh, good. sorry. Or no, it's good. Or if I get if I'm bored, mm-hmm. if I literally like for some reason there's just no juice online, like that yep. means something's going on. Totally. And I, I'm like, whoa. What's happening here? Me and Ryan were just talking. I was confessing my struggle in eFit. I like eFit as a model, but sometimes I'm like, I get so used to working with couples and they're in their negative cycle and it's reactive. It keeps me on my toes. Right. That sometimes it's like in eFit, I'm like, okay, nobody's being triggered here. No blocks right now. And I just kind of zone out. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's uh that's one that's right going on right beforehand. Um or two, we just did some episodes on this. I'm allowing the client, like I'm letting the process, I'm letting the process be dictated in story or uh, narrative, just running narrative. That'll mm, make me lose it really man, quick. It's so big, uh, so big. Yeah, those are the three top ones right there. Okay, that's good. So it might be self the therapist stuff, mm-hmm. like something going on in your in your personal mm-hmm. life. Maybe you're having a fight, or mm-hmm. you know, not feeling so great about you, or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. or anxious. Mm-hmm. And then I like that, and I appreciate you admitting that it's you get bored. Yep. Sorry. And, and yeah, yeah. And I think I think I think there's layers to that one. Mm-hmm. Because if you're bored, I think they're not present too. Mm-hmm. Like that's your body reading nothing. Uh-huh. There's a nothingness happening. Usually it's when the clients are trying to be nice and stay out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their avoidance boring. 100%. We've yeah. done a podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. And I also uh, this this gives me a flashback real quick. I had an old professor who was brilliant, and he would just say, whenever we would be in a stuck situation, I think it applies to this. We'll stick it in this episode. (laughs) He would say, you like them? Mm. I'm like, what? That client you're stuck with, you like them? (laughs) I don't know what you mean. (laughs) He's like, do you hear me speak in English? Do you like them? It feels like a trap question. (laughs) But if you're honest, I'm like, you know, not really. Not really. Not Not my favorite client. He's like, thank you for being honest. Not everyone's going to be your favorite. Mm. Ryan, you can't help someone you don't like. Ooh. If you don't like them, you'll never help them. So the, the, the research question is, what's going on with you that makes you not like them? Mm. Or maybe you don't know them very well. Because I really believe if you get, really get to know someone, you'll like them. But I can tell you this, Ryan, you won't help them if you don't like them. He's right. Yeah. That goes along with that board stuff, That's right? That's right. 100%. We're I off. Like that. We're off. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I need to kind of find like why am I not in contact with what is why am I not curious and online with this human being in front of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Nice. And then the third one you mentioned was maybe yeah, I like the words you're saying there. You get you're getting dictated, which means the story they're using, which is really a disembodied mm-hmm. version of the attachment events. I like that. It's it's telling you what you're gonna do. Wow, that makes me want to go back and look at some of our other episodes where we've talked about the disembodied story. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right, that's good stuff. So how do you notice, James? Because my, be- my guess is this is not a new event. Mm-mm. You've been doing this a long time. How many years have you been doing this? Oh, what, oh therapy? Uh-huh. Gosh. Ooh. 13? Yeah. Well, if this happens to you at year 13, I promise you it happens to you at year three. Oh, yeah. But my guess is, like all of us, you probably wouldn't even notice. Nope. So how did you learn to notice? Well, the, the classic one I'm going to give, it involves Ryan again. I don't know if you remember when we were in Connecticut with George online. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. All well, right. That's all right. I was doing a live. I was really early, and I was, you know, as we trainers would call it, chasing the live that to Ooh. get that good live in that Sue will approve yeah, of. Yeah, I remember those days. Woo. That'll cause you to kind of <laughs> talk. You want to talk about uh, yep. tuning and you start thinking about what Sue right. will think. But uh. anyway, uh, and so I was working with this couple, and uh, I just kept feeling rushed inside. 
and I would get dis, I would just get discombobulated kind of cognitively and miss a tune. And then I would bring, then there was moments it would come back alive. So anyway, one thing that Ryan taught me, he came out, he said, James, that was a good session. But I noticed when you did get it, now this maybe isn't going exactly with the clip, but he was like, the way I would know that James got it and the session shifted, you would take this deep breath. I would just encourage you, like that deep breath, is it does something for you, James. Mm -hmm. And when James feels himself taking that deep breath, I would encourage him to slow down and pay attention to what was happening right in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that I use that so much now. Mm -hmm. That's the big one. Mm -hmm. um, that I would say, like you said, if you want to watch the tape of James, say what is his move? That breath for some reason. That's it. It's my get out of jail free card. It's your signature move, man. Yeah, it is. You know how there's that little insignia of Michael Jordan dunking a basketball. <laughs> we got to get one of you taking a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, new, it's lo like, new logo idea. See my gut come out like. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Like I do remember that now. Sorry, it is your signature move. I'm roasting myself a little bit. I just look like a tired dad who tries to take a ride. Hey, Sorry. We're both in so, danger of anyway. being tired dads. I promise you that. All right. That's good stuff. So most important question, then I'll just make a couple comments, but mostly mm -hmm. how do you remedy this, man? When you, yeah. when you find it, when you're like, man, something's off here. I'm not feeling it. I'm bored or I'm getting my, I'm getting dictated here. What do you, how do you remedy that? Great, Ryan, because even when we were on this SV Live, and part of this comes, I want to shout out Lisa Palmer Olson, is my body's noticing I'm off. And the biggest thing I can do in that moment is not try and hide it, but to be transparent with it. And this is where I'm still going to use me. Like, can I can I slow down and jump back in you all here? Like, wow. Like, there's a lot happening here. Something's happening. But I got to admit it. Like, my body kind of missed something here where I got a little bit off. Maybe I, where I got distracted here. Um. And then I'll just kind of confess that out loud. So can I just come back for a moment? And then that's where we hit me and Ryan. I think we have an episode called like on bookmarking or book finding your place in therapy. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just go back to what's the last place or the last emotional handle or the last place in their body where we're working. So like I remember in that Connecticut one, there was one time I got lost in front of the group and I told them, I said, hey, and I said, it to the, I said I'm sorry, I lost you here. But my, but I noticed the last place I was working with her was in her head. So I said, hey, can we go back to that place where this comes alive in your head? And the session shifted back again. Um, so that's one for me. Another comeback move for me is, <clears throat> this is one we just talked about too. That's a unique one. I, I don't know if it's unique to me. Um, I, used, I use a mixture of first person, third person talk. And so the way that some people are like, what is that? What does that mean? So if I get a little bit lost and I'm out, I'll take the last handles or at least a, a, a summary that I have, and I'll talk it out in proxy voice first person. And then once it comes back alive in my body, I invite the client to kind of watch that little snippet like it's a movie, but except I talk and use their name in third person. Mm. So I might say something like, so Ryan, uh, at the beginning, the first person is like, so I get into this place, I'm trying my best. I love my wife. I love my kids. And even in my best efforts, sometimes it's just not working and people don't see how hard I'm trying. Whew. So Ryan, am I getting that right? And Ryan gives me a little head nod. So let me make sure I look at this, Ryan. I see Ryan there. He comes home, hard day of work. He's tried his best. And then no one sees how hard Ryan's trying. All the little ways Ryan tries, you know, all, and I do that because for me, one, the first, the first person makes me feel it in my body. The third person invites me and my client to look at it and witness it together. 
um, and to make it felt not only in me, but also make it more felt in them. So anyway, that's my one. That's another one of my moves to get it back right. is the first person, third person move. Okay. So I like both of those. You, when you recognize, man, I'm not here. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not coming forward here. And that's what's, that's the first key is you got to recognize it. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I would say it's also, I'll, I'll speak to this in a minute, but you got to not shame yourself. That's right. If you feel terrible, that's right. Then you're probably going to stay go, move even further away. Mm-hmm. But we'll come back to that. So one move is that you bookmark. So what I'm hearing you say there, if I got it right, mm-hmm. is most of the time you're not like completely out forever. No. It's just like little windows. That's right. Um, and so you, you can go back to the start of the window. That's right. The last time you were on, mm-hmm. go tie back into that basically. That's right. Okay. Yep. And then the second one, that's a pretty advanced move here. There's a little nuance here. The first person, third person. First person, third person, using proxy voice. Yep. I love that. The image I get there is like, if I can't get my body into this, then run it through my body a bunch. That's right. Run it, try it on as if I'm them. Run it through my body a lot, and maybe I can wake that up in there. Is exactly. that kind of what you're saying? Exactly, 100%. That's my move. And then it's almost funny, like I joke, the image that comes up is, have you ever had like a good movie on your phone, like a clip or something you want you wanted to share it with your friend? And you're like, oh, man, check this out. Look at this with me. Mm. And then the third person move is like me, like, hey, whoa, this is a really powerful clip I'm seeing. Can, I, can, can we witness this together? So Ryan, and then we turn and we watch it together. And then I almost picture myself, I put the phone down. Mm. And what is it like looking at this? Nice. Nice. I love that. That's a good one, man. Mm. We got to do some more on that one. Whole episode on that one. I, could, I wish I could see Ryan's eyes. He's really his 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 mind is clicking. It's right good. Here. It's really good. It's creative, and it's you know, it's congruent with what we've always been doing. But that's that's pretty original way that you got that framed up there. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You know, for me, I'll just go quickly. Um, I, this has certainly been true for me many many times, and I, I'm I'm not nearly as nuanced. Uh, I would say with this as you are, James. But you know, one 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 thing to me. Let me say it this way. I think there's a certain sad element to this mm. because the very thing that does this to us usually comes from good places. That's good. Right? If I can't feel you, I'm bored, which means I want to mm-hmm. so much so that if I can't, I'm just like, ick. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, self of the therapist issues, we love to shame that, but it just means you're human. That's right. And you care a lot about something that's going on outside of here. Mm-hmm. You have, you're having trouble traveling through that to be present today. Mm-hmm. You know, and even being dictated by story, it's like, man, I'm trying to follow, mm-hmm. trying to be nice, trying to like get an attunement, and this person's saying this stuff, and I'm trying to follow them and give you some space to be heard, give you some space, yeah, mm-hmm. honor, honor, you know, your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'm I've got to use a lot of words at certain points, or I can't get an attunement. Mm-hmm. So I've said that on this podcast a lot of times. I know people love to in our profession. Love the idea of tossing over a brilliant question and just using silence for four minutes as people heal themselves. And that's a beautiful thing when it can happen. And I do find windows of that. But if I try to do that too much, it won't be me enough. And especially going back to the process again, that's great in stage three. In stage one, I don't need Ryan to do that, though. In stage three, Ryan might be able to toss over that question. So what was it like for you all this week? Yep. And then they can take over and do it. Yep. Exactly. But other times they need me to have an active role. But even if they don't, I've got to spend some of the time just getting in rhythm with you. I've yeah. got to find the music that you're dancing to. Mm-hmm. And I do that with words. Other people do that with different things. So, mm-hmm. the, But the point isn't use less words or not. It's time. That's right. 
That's and, right. and where I've made this mistake is it comes from a good place in me. But I, but I can be Lenny from the book of Mice and Men. <laughs> if you know that, if you know that story, it's this, it's this huge guy and he's, you know, uh, you know, has some, has some developmental challenges or something and, but he's very loving, but he, he loves animals so much and he gets these beautiful bunnies and he's trying to pet them and he accidentally kills them because he squeezes them too hard. <laughs> it's, a, it's a famous novel. And that can be me at times, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I work hard to help people. I'm a pretty passionate person mm-hmm. and I'm a pretty intense person. And so what I can, what I can start to do though, is just try too hard mm. and I can get out in front of people and I can push too much a little bit. Right. And that can, that, and in doing that, I can not show up because I'm trying so hard to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a mistake I've made a lot. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I like that. Yeah. And now what I'm thinking, too, I like this, like even as we talk about this in the Stuck series, there's a part where you can get stuck inside of yourself, meaning just kind of stuck because of whatever's going on in your own life. And it's you're not able to kind of like find a way that you can park that for a moment. Also stuck in yourself like that one therapist, it's um, they get stuck in self where you don't allow yourself to 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 use the signals in your body. Or I like what Ryan is saying we'd also don't want to get stuck in ourselves in such a, a shameful way and shame. Like I like how Ryan, like, you know, you've said it before, like sometimes like, Oh, I don't like how wordy I am. I wish I could be less wordy, mm-hmm. but did you just hear how Ryan, like you can hear this acceptance in his voice, mm-hmm. but however, this is me. Mm-hmm. This is how I find attunement. This is just what I got to do. So he's not shaming anymore. He's, he's welcoming that part of him. So now Ryan's not stuck and he can yeah. use that in the process. Or when we get stuck outside of ourselves, when we don't trust our instincts and we don't invite it in. We don't like kind of be able to honor kind of like how whether it's our different makeups and experiences of how we come across. Some people have different voices, different ways of smiling, different, you know, kind of like body postures in the room. And we just got to be able to accept that. And like, so how do we learn how to use those parts of ourselves? Yeah, that's good. I, I have to do a one minute qualifier. All right, go ahead. Because I don't want to be any more of a hypocrite than I already am. You know, I, I hate the phrase, this is just how I am. It's one of the worst, worst concepts for growth in the history of the planet. Just go ahead. You know, so I don't want to take the, the approach of, um, well, this is just how I am to everything I do. That's right. Right, because a lot of what people think is their personality is really just an adaptive pattern to, to what they do under distress. That's good. And yet there are ways that we are in the world mm-hmm. that we have to embrace. And I think our, our, what we owe our clients is, is thoroughly examining that. That's right. To hold on to what is who we are and how we connect with people, but grow through the areas mm-hmm. when, quote, how I am is a problem for other people. That's right. So I just want to say that. Because we could almost also subtitle this Duck series, Use of the Therapist with Skill and Attunement. Mm. And even with skill, what I mean by that is, there is a professional element to what we do. You don't just get to like, well, this is how I am and whatever clients fit and work with me, you know, that kind of thing, which there is a part where it's like, but there's with skill and with attunement that's constantly being refined, Mm -hmm. you know, and learned. Like, you know, athletes, they get the build that they get, they get the genetics that they get, and there's only so much work that they can do. So they have to learn how to work with what they have, but it's not just, well, it just is what it is, you know? So I like that, Ryan. All right. One more question. I'll mm-hmm. ask you, well, and then we'll uh, wrap it up, I guess. Yep. So for you, when you're not coming forward, when you've lost you, mm-hmm. when you've lost you, your clients have lost you, and the, and, the, and the therapeutic process has lost you, 
You notice that when you're not feeling it in your body, mm-hmm. which means you got to be paying attention mm-hmm. and you got to want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second piece is when images aren't coming forward for mm-hmm. you. That, that's 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 your uh, indicators like, uh oh, mm-hmm. this is not in a good. I'm out of rhythm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what you said, what what sets those misses the most is a self some as a self or the therapist issue, oh, well, yeah. something outside of the office yep. that's making it hard. Uh, or you're bored, or don't like them, <laughs> um, or you know, no, don't like them in the moment. Yeah. Um, and then, or maybe you're getting dictated by a story over 100%. and over. And um, the remedies of that are to bookmark and go back to when you had it, mm-hmm. or to do a more nuanced move with proxy voice, speaking first person, third person, and sort of let it run through you. Mm-hmm. So all that though, and I said this earlier, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Is you know, learning EFT is not easy. I don't want to say EFT is hard. Um, working with distress relationships is hardest, but if you're going to do it experientially, it requires something of you. You can't just have some pet theories about communication or relationships and come in and teach people. That's, mm-hmm. that's fantasy land. And, and real couples in the real world will humble you really quickly if that's what you think you're going to do. But, but even with the uh, NEFT, people are like, oh, I'm going to work deep. And like, if that's all you're trying to do, you're going to get humbled as well. Mm-hmm. So this process Learning EFT, learning to work with distressed relationships in such an experiential way, it is humbling. Mm-hmm. And it involves setbacks. And, and that in and of itself creates more than anything I've ever seen, uh, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. People become convinced they don't know enough, do enough. You know, the, the Leanne Campbell image in my, over my right shoulder brings such shame because I know she'd do it better. And, <laughs> you know, George or Sue or whoever that is. But that's the big picture. And the small picture, though, I still think it's there. I can't tell you how many times I've been at minute 26 in a session. I'm like, what am I doing? Mm. I'm off. This sucks. I'm so glad I'm not videoing this session. You know, and I'm supposed to be a, you know, certified or supervisor or trainer over the years. And like, man, I don't know where I am. And, and shame washes over me. So I think it's so key to th- these little intersections when, you, when you're not feeling it in your body, James. Mm-hmm. And when you're not having images come forward, how do you keep from letting shame wash you out of the room? Whoa, that's good. And so even as you were walking up the, the image that came to me when you were talking, I remember uh, one time, I, I think I showed you a session, and I was kind of like lost, and I'm, I was in that struggle bus. I had I showed Ryan a tape of a couple, and I'm like, what am I doing here? He's like, oh, okay. Well, you're doing good work, but they keep throwing things at you, and they're making you juggle too much at one time. And I think I kind of like... He's like, but it happens to all of us, James. So every EFT therapist falls off the horse. The question I got to ask you, James, is how do you get back on the horse? Mm-hmm. And that, that image has stuck with me and traveled with me. And I'll, I'll feel that. I'll be in the moment in session, and I see that image. <laughs> uh, shout out to Willie Bro and the, the New Orleans EFT community. George is there doing uh externship right now in New Orleans. Shout yeah. out. Just ages episode. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but Willie Bro, I told him that quote in the training ride, and he sent me an image of a cowboy where he he had put my head on the cowboy. <laughs> and so now literally I see the image. I'm like, okay, James, you just got bucked off the horse. It's time to get back on. And then all those moves you named are my moves to get back on the horse. Um, so that's what I picture that kind of coaches me up is I just remember it's not it's not that I fell off the horse. It's that what really makes me a good therapist is that I, can, I know how to get back on the horse mm-hmm. or at least I have moves to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. So. So my question, though, when you're laying there on the ground, oh, how do bucked I? off, you know, you, I, and all of us at some level are familiar with questioning ourselves. Uh-huh. How do you keep shame from keeping you on the ground? 
well, one, I blame the cycle. Nice. <laughs> You've heard us. Uh, I'm yeah. just like, it's, oh, this cycles really are hard. And I believe that too. Like, and one thing I've that's helped me, you know, I've, we, me and Ryan work here and we do these think talks with our staff. And one of the talks was talking about what's in our circle of control. Mm-hmm. And what's not in my circle of control is, is my clients not having cycles. I can't control that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to accept like cycles are hard and they're rough and it has nothing to do with my value as a person or as a therapist. And I really mean that. That's that's when, when like them having a cycle and this being a rough day is not my fault. And there's nothing I could do. To, even on my best days, they could still have a negative cycle. So even when I'm there, I don't I don't go to this is all my fault. Oh, I must suck. My my my. I don't I don't talk to myself. Is there a point in my career when I did? Yes. If I'm being honest, I did. They're like this because I'm horrible. There's many better therapists in this building that could go see them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, if Ryan, they they should, why did they get with me? They should have saw Ryan. They should have <laughs> saw Chad. They should have saw Debbie. Mm-hmm. They should have saw anyone else here in, Lisa, in our in our mm-hmm. office, right? Lisa, Megan, yep. Yeah, we got so many great EFTers in this community, right? And I used to talk to myself like that. If yep. I'm being completely honest, thank you for saying that. I me did. Too. Me too. Um, but now it's like they're here with me, and they're here with me for a reason. And right now, I'm in the dust. Let's stand up and let's do it. And, I'll, and also, going with Lisa Palmer Olsen, I'll tell her, I'm like, whoa, y'all got me right there. I got completely lost. Mm-hmm. So can I go back? I got to go back. If I'm going to help you too, I got to go back. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say that out loud. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go, I got to go back. Mm-hmm. So confidence comes with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and even a little bit of confidence if I know what to do when I get there. Yep. I love that, James. I think that's really big. And I think I've said this for years, um, and then sometimes I do it. Uh, but it's it's a huge point in the development of a therapist when you get lost, stuck, broken, hurt, uh, the process isn't working. When you can say to yourself, this is hard because it's hard, mm-hmm. not because I'm inadequate, not because I'm not smart enough, attuned enough, trained enough, some other fancy, you know, intervention or, or, or something. It's, it's hard because it's hard, mm-hmm. which kind of gives you a chance to kind of go back in there and keep doing the work. So that's really you got to normalize it for yourself almost. Mm. Oh, Ryan, thank you for the image again. Like, like literally, I want the listeners, like when you're in the dirt, you've been bucked off, you know, one, what do you say to yourself to not let yourself stay down there? What are your moves to get back on the horse? And when you're on the horse and you're riding, I don't know what a famous cowboy's name is, you're John Wayne or whatever, I don't know, some famous cowboy, like what are your moves that make you kind of like – that, that person that, like, you're really good and like, how do you use yourself as a therapist to get the most even out of those good moments? Um, and I think that's the key to, like, one, being ready for when stuckness comes and then knowing what to do once you even, me and Ryan talk about the two paths. And even when you get out of stuckness, do you have the moves on how to use yourself? So, anyway. All right. Sounds good. This is important information because this is going to happen. The only way this doesn't happen is for you to, to not take the risk to do this. So I think this is really, really important stuff. All right, one more thing. We would love to invite you to a training we have coming up in just two weeks Woo-hoo. in Dallas-Fort Worth. If you're listening to this episode, we would love for you to come see us. We have a few slots left in that training. We're going to be doing, what's, the t- what's it called? Oh, gosh, I forgot the <laughs> Beyond title. Core Skills. Oh, that's right. Beyond core skills. Yep. Kind of in this way, what we, really what me and Ryan are talking about really does deal with this stuckness yep. in a way of when clients are stuck in reactivity, what are your moves? And then when they break out of that and they're not stuck, how do you work on the open path of their vulnerability? Yeah. Yep. And um, we, our goal is to make this the most practical 
applied training you've ever had. Mm-hmm. So I know it's late notice, but uh, if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you come down to DFW. Flights are pretty cheap. They got a big airport. Some and, good uh, food too. Good man. food. Good people too. Oh yeah. Yeah. They Mike, have a great community. Michael Ashenfelter, uh, Emily Savage, um, Lee. Oh, there's some pretty Berkeley. great folks. Berkeley. They're good folks in DFW. So we'd love to have you join us November. 10th and 11th. 10th and 11th. It's a Friday and a Saturday. We'd love it's to going have to be us. so fun. It's and how do they great. find out about that? They can go to NorthTexasEFT.com. Once again, that is NorthTexasEFT. Uh, they could go on NorthTexasEFT and look for them on Facebook, and they'll see the registration links and the advertisement. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.